Hollywood Live Extra with Tanya Hart. Well, since we last spoke, the world has changed. The COVID-19 virus has pretty much made everything on the planet either stop or slow down to a crawl. But here at AURN, we always believe the show must go on as we continue to enlighten, inform, and yes, even entertain you. My guest today is somebody you know and love, Dr. Ian Smith. You remember him as our doctor in residence here at American Urban Radio Network back in the day. We're always glad to have you here, especially now. Ian, welcome Thank <laughs> to you. Hollywood Good Live to Extra. You. Oh my gosh, Ian. Okay, first of all, how are you doing and how are you dealing with the crisis? I know you are in Chicago at the moment. I am. I'm doing great. My family's doing great. And most people are doing great, actually. I mean, this is a situation where the country has to be alarmed, but not panicked. They're two very different things. Mm-hmm. Alarmed because this is a very serious thing. And it, it can, it's going to get more serious, by the way. Um, but we shouldn't panic. We shouldn't, you know, be irrational. We shouldn't go out and hoard. We shouldn't gouge. We shouldn't do things as if the world is coming to an end, which, you know, there are people who prey on these kind of uh, situations and yes. circumstances. And, you know, some people really, they deal in misery. They deal in desperation. This is not the situation. We just have to be serious about it. I mean, you know, the flip side of it is people who are being lackadaisical about it and who are being, you know, really kind of indifferent to the importance mm-hmm. of it. Uh, that's also very bad for us because in order for us to get through this, and I believe we will, if, in order for us to get through this with you know. the best colors possible, the best grades possible, everyone's going to have to be on the same page. And by that, I mean, we're all going to have to practice at the same time, not like you do it now and I'll do it tomorrow. At the same time, we have to practice basic healthful behaviors. Staying six feet away and social distancing is important. Right. It's not arbitrary. It's not something made up. It's really, it really matters. Making sure that you stay in places that are less than 10 people. Very, very, mm-hmm. very important. This virus is extremely contagious. It moves very quickly. And the other part of it is that not everyone is symptomatic. So there are people who look healthy, who feel healthy, but that doesn't mean that they're not infected. And so all of us, those who are sick or who feel sick, and even those who do not feel sick, need to really follow these guidelines. So let's talk a little bit about, okay, so perhaps you are hunkered down. I mean, you're kind of there. Everybody really at this point, we're going to have to stop everything. And I keep telling that to everybody, but we're in large cities. What about the smaller towns in the Midwest and the South who don't always get these messages like should they be doing the same thing everyone has to do it at once here's the issue you know you have high cases in california you have them in new york um you have these high cases in certain areas they're called hot spots but remember if people move from one community to another community and the person is infected then that person can transmit it and introduce it to the next community and that's Mm -hmm. why it's so important for people to only do essential travel, for people only to go out into stores if they need to go to stores. The time of just kind of frolicking and just having something to do, this is just not the best time for that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, people in the Midwest and the South who may not be getting the message as clearly, they also have to, you know, and by the way, there are a lot of communities that don't have a, a, a number of cases or a high number of cases. So right. they unfortunately feel like they're protected. <laughs> you are not protected because Sooner or later, if someone introduces that into your community, it's going to spread within the community. 
Mm-hmm. If you are happen to, if you happen to have it, which means you're at home, hopefully, because you're not sick enough to go to the doctor. But what about the rest of the people in your home? Should they be in a different room? Should they not come close to you? How, you know, what do you do in a situation like that? That is a great question. So if you are positive and you still need to be around family members, the hope, obviously, the ideal situation is that you have isolation. I mean, that's the ideal situation. Obviously, that's not practical for the vast majority of people who have families. But if you are around your family, you really need to try to stay in a certain room to yourself most of the time. You need to avoid any type of physical contact. You have to keep a real distance. You have to clean surfaces constantly. I mean, you have to really, really practice very, very stringent, hygienic uh, maneuvers. Um, And so it's not easy, by the way. And in, in a lot of cases, unfortunately, people who are positive, either family members are already positive or they're going to become positive if you're not able to really contain yourself. Wow. And that's why this is such a dangerous situation. But again, like you said, if people, you know, it's very interesting, Ian, how this kind of really comes down to basic hygiene, just like in the Middle Ages when there was no hygiene and the bubonic plague took over. And, I, it, you know, it's like it kind of comes down to that again, doesn't it? I mean, we're talking 100. hygiene here. I mean, people are going crazy over hand sanitizer. The best way is washing your hands with soap and water for 20 Mm -hmm. seconds. I mean, there's a reason for that. Sure, in the pinch, you can't get to water, you can't get to soap. By all means, use hand sanitizer. By the way, it's got to be a 60% alcohol or more uh, for it to be effective. But that is not the primary uh, attack of this. It is hand washing. But yes, it's old-fashioned hygienic. You know, if you're going to cough or sneeze, Wash your hands after you cough and sneeze. If you're going to touch surfaces, make sure you don't touch public surfaces. Touch it with a glove. Touch it with a a tissue or toilet paper or something. Use something that's not... Because the key is that the virus can live on surfaces for we think that all this information is still being ascertained, but up to three days depending on the surface. So that means that if you're sitting in a seat on a bus and you sneeze into your hand and you touch the handrail and then you walk away... Over the next two days, that bug could still live on that handrail. And this is why it's so important for people to really practice good hygiene. As you mentioned, like some of the old plagues, it came down to just bad hygiene and people not being smart. People lining up to go into bars, uh, you know, the governor of Oklahoma tweeting a picture of him and his family sitting down in a crowded restaurant and boasting, come out and support business and, you know, basically business as usual. No, it's not business as usual. No, it's not. It is absolutely not. And and then he, of course, put Oklahoma in a state of emergency. But this is the irrational and irresponsible behavior that is not going to help any of us. Exactly. Now, here's the other thing. The longer that people don't lock themselves down, the longer this is going to go on. So if you happen to be at home working at home for the first time, what can people do to occupy their time and to stay in shape? Because we know that you're the doctor who always keeps us in shape as well. This is a great time for people to work on themselves. And I really mean that. Like, Everyone says, oh, I wish I could have time to really do me and do. Hey, guess what? You got it. Because a lot of businesses, <laughs> you know, a lot of businesses smartly are letting people uh, work from home. Hey, listen, catch up on movies, streaming TV shows, read some books, work on some hobbies. 
There are things that you've been wanting to get to, writing a book or whatever it is, writing poetry, whatever it is that you've really been wanting to do, learn how to play guitar. This is a great time to be able to distract yourselves with that. We, of course, don't want people to start stress eating. So movement is important. You can still go outside in the open air. You can exercise at home. I have all kinds of little uh, exercises I post online. So people should follow me on Instagram. It's at Dr. Ian Smith. Spell the doctor out. I-A-N Smith. But I have as well as corona updates uh virus updates i also have little simple ways little ways to little challenges to get people to exercise and eat better tons of stuff we can do during this time and be very productive so when we come out on the other side we can look back and say wow over these two three four weeks this is look look all the stuff that i did Right. Isn't that something? See, this is why we love you, because it's always a glass half full with you. I'm that same kind of way, because there's got to be. I mean, we cannot go through this as a planet and not come out of this better. We just have to above and beyond the fact that it is forcing people to like each other, perhaps a little bit better and to be if not like each other, at least be a little bit more civil. And there is a mental health component to all of this. You know, you got to wonder where are we going to be mentally when this is over? Yeah, well, my grandmother always say try to find the silver lining. And what's interesting is that even though this is very sad for people who are losing money, people who've lost loved ones and people who've lost their lives. The good news of the silver lining is that this is teaching us a lot, by the way. It's teaching us, number one, that we're not ready. I mean, you know, <laughs> on a scale of zero to five, as far as five being completely catastrophic, this is like in the hovering around one, one and a half. So mm. at least with this kind of lower risk, we, relatively speaking, what it could be, we're learning that there are holes in the system, that people need to have prepared plan, uh, preparedness plans. What to do with schools, what to do with businesses, what to do with hospitals and our supply chains, what to do at the federal level as far as how do you like organize the entire country. We are learning that we basically so far have had an F, by the way, um, because we weren't we were not prepared. But thanks to our administration. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, listen, you can't sit there and call something and I don't want to politicize this, but you can't call something a hoax something that is serious, something that shut down an entire country. I mean, all people had to do was look at Italy's numbers. You think Italy was fooling around when it shut its whole country down and faced financial ruin? No, they did it because they realized how serious it was. And here we are in the U.S. We hadn't gotten hit yet, and no one's paying attention. We're calling it a hoax. It's, you know, the Democrats have have engineered this during election. Come on, guys. Now we're behind the eight ball. The World Health Organization offers us a million tests. We say, no, we got it. We'll do it ourselves. We create a test. The test doesn't work. We got to go back to the to the shop to figure something out. We really, honestly and truly, not we, meaning the people, the government yeah, yeah, really let us down. No, they messed up. They messed up when they got rid of Obama's infectious disease plans and department back in 2018. That's when they messed up. Yeah, so well, we can, this that's is just bad decisions. Show. I mean, you know, even though we had, have not had a pandemic in a long time, you still have to be ready for it. And this is what I mean by this Thank is you. a good lesson for us, that we have to understand how to lead, by the way. There's been no organization from the federal to the state to the city level. So one city is closing schools, another city isn't. One state is closing restaurants. Another. It's, it, we have to have a uniform voice 
from the leaders of the country, medically and politically, who are saying, this is how we're going to conduct ourselves to save as many lives as possible and make sure we lose as little money as possible. But it just didn't happen. Right. Now, now we're, you know, now I'm being optimistic here. Now we're kind of getting up to speed. We're shutting things down. We're making sure things work. But you know what, guys? Honestly, this should have happened weeks ago. Yes, because we would not be in this situation. Just for everybody out there, you're listening to Hollywood Live Extra. I'm Tanya Hart. My guest today is Dr. Ian Smith. Of course, we're talking about what everybody is talking about because it has changed our lives. And even though we're thinking and hoping and praying, this is not going to last forever, and it won't. Dr. Smith, you know, Ian, you, you've always been at the forefront of so many things in the medical profession and I mean just your your whole journey but looking at the situation today what do you think people oh how can I say this people are internalizing this different ways I'm so sure um, and and it's interesting because this is something that seems to have leveled the playing field. It doesn't matter what color, what ethnic group you're from. It doesn't matter anymore. And how would you speak to that on just a, even a national level? Well, I think that what this tells us as a country is that all of us are vulnerable. It doesn't matter how rich you are, how famous right. you are, how poor you are. We, there are certain things in life that we are all susceptible to, that we're all vulnerable to. And your skin color or your the number of degrees on your walls, they are not going to protect you from something like this. And so I think that this, this teaches us. I mean, it teaches us um, the egalitarianism of what life really is. And, you know, and for some people who think that, well, because I'm successful, that I'm immune to this, absolutely not. Uh, and, you know, you see famous actors. Idris Elba just came uh, back that he was yep. positive. He was supposedly with the prime minister of Canada's wife, who was positive. Who's so, now positive. Yeah, who's positive. So, you know, you look at that. Tom Hanks and his wife supposedly just got mm -hmm. released from the hospital in Australia. No one is impervious to this. No one's immune to it. We all have to realize that it's open to all of us. But we really have to be um, aware of the vulnerable, the the older people in our communities, because their immune systems are not as strong as they used to be, and this is a matter of aging, uh, people who have underlying illnesses, whether they're respiratory or diabetes or heart disease, people these are the people who are most vulnerable. The vast majority of people, Tanya, by the way, who contract the disease are going to be fine. They're going to get through it fine. Mm -hmm. We are seeing, however, that it could potentially, even if you're fine and don't need to go in the ICU, uh, but there are people who may have some long-term respiratory effects. Supposedly, there could be some scarring of mm. the lungs if it's bad wow. enough. But the vast majority of people are going to be fine. So in terms of testing, that's obviously the biggest problem. And as you, you explained it earlier, how we got so far behind the eight ball on that. But now the tests are coming through. Um, I honestly, you know, I'm living here in Los Angeles. and We're kind of holed up here and not going too, too far. But I've not really seen anybody or talked to anybody that I know that has been able to get a test. So where do we, how do we do that? Yeah, testing is a big problem. Um, it's going to get better over the next 72 hours. Um, but, you know, it's a fluid situation. So now, earlier before, this is the problem. Before, 
Well, first the problem was we refused tests from the World Health Organization, right. and we refused tests from Germany, by the way. That's the first problem. Yes. Now, when we started doing testing, we started saying only tests could be done by the CDC. So hospitals and doctors would have to take the specimens and then have to send them to the CDC to have the CDC test them. Well, I mean, you don't have to be a genius to realize yeah, that. Thank you. That's not that, going to that's, that, that, that's not gonna be very effective for a large number of people. So now they've said that hospitals can, and academic medical centers can now perform the test. The issue is whether or not enough test kits are going to be made available. That's the key here. And what is the test going to consist of? Now, what I have a question for, no one really has asked this, I wish they would. How is it that a professional basketball team was able to be tested right away the day of a game and people who've been trying to get a test for a week or two weeks, they didn't have the test made available to them. These are questions people have to ask, not to point fingers and to, and, and to create controversy and confrontation, but to say that the system is uneven and we have to make sure that the system is even. And so the testing is an issue. Now the testing will be better. And guess what, Tanya? And not to mm-hmm. make people panic, but the truth of the matter is the number of cases are going to jump dramatically. You're going to yes. see cases in over 10,000, 15, 25,000 because there are a lot of people walking around with it who are undiagnosed because they couldn't access the test. So people should not mm-hmm. be scared or be alarmed when that number increases dramatically because it's going to happen now that testing is more available. Right, available. Dr. Ian Smith, thank you so much. We're going to have to have you back again. <laughs> it's going to end up being a regular <laughs> segment since we're all kind of just here at home, right? Yeah. Well, listen, Thank I'm available to you so guys, much. of course. And once again, follow me on Instagram at Dr. Ian Smith. Spell the doctor out, I-A-N Smith, where I post a lot of updates. And on Twitter, it's Dr. D-R Ian Smith. But yeah, anytime, just let me know and I'll come on. I love it. Thank you so much. And for everybody else out there, please be safe. As Dr. Ian Smith said, don't panic. There is no need. The manufacturers who do make toilet paper, they're not stopping. They are still making it, okay? All the grocery store people, they're all still working. And, and I hear that they're adding like thousands of jobs for delivery people. So you'll get your supplies, people. Just stay calm. And don't forget to subscribe to Sound. Cloud Stitcher or the AURN app or any other podcast directory. Make sure you download all of these. You don't want to miss them, especially now. We want to keep you informed and enlightened, and we intend to do just that. Please leave us a five-star review if you like what you hear. I'm Tanya Hart. This is Hollywood Live Extra. Hollywood Live Extra, a product of American Urban Radio Networks. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.